Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Bad Axe is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. If you would like to support Bad Axe and get access to lots of bonus episodes, visit our Patreon at patreon.com backslash badaxepod. There is a link in our show notes. Memberships start at just $1 and you can binge several months worth of bonus episodes right now. Today, we would like to give a shout out to our newest patron. Thank you, Moss, from Morbid Matters Pod. We really appreciate your support and hope you enjoy our special Patreon episodes. You can also support the show for free by recommending us to a friend or leaving a review. Now, on to today's case. Today, we are going to London in October 2009. Specifically, We're going to a neighborhood called Sutton in South London. Sutton is a beautiful town with classic English streets and a low crime rate compared to other areas of the city. The town has a thriving culture with public art, theater, and music. In fact, a lot of famous English people are from Sutton or lived there once, including Ian Stewart from the Rolling Stones. Nice. I accidentally learned today also that a professional darts player is from Sutton. His name is Martin Adams, and I did not know that you could play darts professionally. I was about to say that. I did not realize that was a thing. But he has for sure been doing this for 40 freaking years. Wow. Like, he's the leader of a whole English team of dart players. They have teams? Yeah, I fell in. There's a world championship, and there's, (laughs) there's like, country teams. Wow. You fell into that rabbit hole. I really did, because I saw, (laughs) does that say professional dart player? How does that work? It's a whole thing. Also, Martin Adams, professional dart player, walks out to the song Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran, and he goes by the nickname Wolfie. Wow. And I feel like this needs to be its own podcast now. Yeah, that is awesome. I know. It's like, it seems so weird. Like, it seems silly. No offense to dart players, but like, it's a pub game. You know, like, yeah, you can play like, him with magnets. Yeah, like, I want to see it now. Like, I, I know. I, I, I want to see, see what it's like, you know. Like, how intense are these dart boards? Are they just regular? Are they big? Like, I have a lot of questions. And I know this is not the time. People are like, <laughs> get to the murder. But these, this dart thing is a whole thing now. And I need more. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I'm just imagining them walking out. Hungry like the wolf. Come on, man. Anyway, so that's a whole thing. In the event that somehow Martin Adams listens to this, maybe we'll do a bonus about these darts. So please email us at the Gmail. Right. We can do an interview with Martin Adams talking about darts. Yeah. And maybe it will do a work of murder in somehow. There you go. Maybe there was like a dart board murder, which I'm going to look for now. I know, right? Anyway, we're in Sutton in South London. That's where we are. Now, some of you are probably wondering how we're in London, because I promised you a whole month of Halloween-adjacent cases, mostly cases that occurred on Halloween or at least thereabouts. So you're probably thinking, 
Halloween, as we celebrate it, is a very American holiday, right? Yeah. So, how are we in England? Well, as it turns out, Halloween is becoming quite popular in the UK, though there are some people who really oppose this. I found a really interesting article written by John Hank from the Smithsonian Magazine that talks about how Halloween is starting to overtake the November 5th celebration of Guy Fawkes Day, which is a British celebration of a foiled attempt to blow up Parliament. One of my friends wrote a book that she's currently getting published that takes place on Bonfire Night. Well, not the whole book, but it kind of centers around it. So I have, like, some prior knowledge about Guy Fawkes Day because she used to live in the UK and she, like, has it all in her book. Nice. Anyway, it's also called Bonfire Night and it's typically celebrated with fireworks, bonfires, and revelry. And according to John Hank, this celebration is falling out of favor as history changes how it views Guy Fawkes and his co-conspirators. Because some people no longer see him as a villain, and it's kind of weird that people are, like, burning him in effigy. So some people are just looking for another way to celebrate the holiday, and Halloween is offering a great way for them to do that. Because it's five days before, and it's the same kind of party, so it's like, rah, rah, rah. Yeah. Halloween time. Nice. Plus costumes, am I right? Absolutely, and candy. Now, I want to note that there are some very traditional people that are very mad about this. And they have a lot of opinions about it. But Halloween is definitely now a thing in certain areas of the UK. That's pretty cool. Now, ironically, I do want to note that Halloween is based on the Celtic holiday of Samhain, which originated in Ireland, Scotland, England, and northern France. So in a way, it's like Halloween's coming back home. Yeah. So you sort of reclaim it and be like, no, you're not Americanizing our holidays. We are taking them back. It's coming full circle. If you want to. I'm not saying you should do that. But maybe if you were like one of these angry traditional people, you could just be like, this is my holiday again. Taking it back. Just dramatic. Dramatic like that. Yep. We're not going to give it away, though. It's not going to (laughs) happen. We love Halloween here. That's true. Anyway, on Halloween 2009, 30-year-old Ben Gardiner and his 28-year-old girlfriend, Alana Devine, decked themselves out for a spooky night of partying at a local club. Ben Gardner was an IT specialist who worked for an insurance company called Legal and General, which is my favorite name ever of an insurance company. Legal and General. Yeah, just straight to the point. Yep. Alana worked in a hospital. Life was looking up for Ben as he just bought a flat in Sutton. That Halloween, they were also celebrating Alana's birthday. Alana was dressed as a pirate, complete with a hat and black wig, and Ben dressed as a vampire with fangs and a cool leather jacket. Nice. Yes. The couple looked absolutely adorable together, and a a picture snapped of them that night shows a smiling, happy couple having a nice Halloween evening just like everyone else. The couple partied and danced in the club with friends until around 3.15 a.m. that night. At that point, they headed home, walking with a friend named Kay Chick. At the conclusion of the night's festivities, the couple decided to stop for food at a local kebab shop in Sutton Town Center. This shop was on Throwley Way. Now, I'm not really sure how to say this. I said Throwley, but I think it might be Throwley Way. And I, I really didn't find any videos that said the name. Maybe I should have just omitted the name. No. But I'm leaving it in because I tried. Yeah, you did. By this time, it was in the early hours of November 1st, and they were headed home. While Ben was still inside the shop, Alana waited for him just outside. 
she actually took a seat on some stairs and smoked a cigarette while she was waiting. There were a lot of other people still on the streets that night, so she wasn't alone. And I will tell you, based on CCTV footage, the streets were really busy. Like, a lot of people were walking back and forth, so it would have felt totally comfortable just sitting outside. Yeah. Nearby, though, a group of three young men were hanging out near the street. These men included 20-year-old Daniel Ransom, 20-year-old Ross Collander, and 17-year-old Jordan Dixon. They had been drinking and doing drugs all night while the city around them celebrated Halloween. The trio approached Alana as she sat on the steps, and one of them swiped her pirate hat and wig from off her head. Oh man. Alana stayed calm and tried not to respond to this act of aggression. Then when Ben came out, she told him that her wig and her hat were gone, but at first they were just going to leave and not mess with the guys. Yeah. Rather than fight over the Halloween costume, they were just like, it's the end of the night, we've already been to the party, we've already left the club, let's just start heading home. But, as they started walking back to her apartment, they just happened to pass by the trio of young men again, because, I mean, they haven't gone that far. Yeah. And they noticed that her hat was just sitting there on the ground. Now, even though they had decided to just go home... Just seeing her hat there, it made Alana want her hat back. So she decided to just ask if she could have her hat back. So they stopped and she called out to the men and asked for the hat. She says that she said, quote, can I have my hat back, please? Question mark. End quote. It's pretty reasonable. Yeah, just normal, like, it's a reasonable request. Yeah. I think at that point she wasn't even as much worried about the wig for some reason, but she really wanted the hat. Yeah. I sort of get it, though, because it's a pirate hat, and it might have even gone with the rest of the costume. So, I mean, it makes sense to get the hat back. Absolutely. Instead of returning the hat, though, the men just started yelling at Alana and threatening her. According to reports, Dixon, the younger of the assailants, yelled things like, quote, fucking whore, quote, I hope you die of cancer, and also he called her a, quote, big fat moose. Wow. Yeah. That's uncalled for. Weirdly specific. And not that it matters, but she's also, like, really not fat. She's very thin. But at the same time, like, obviously he's intentionally trying to hurt her feelings, which is bullshit. Yep. As Alana stepped closer to them, one of the men stepped forward and punched her in the face. Dude. Yeah, just punches her in the face. And literally, she hasn't said anything back. Not that it matters. I feel like... It can easily be misconstrued that me saying that would say that it justifies them punching her. No. But literally, she hasn't done anything at all that would even remotely be putting her in this situation. So it's just outrageous that this happens. Absolutely Now, obviously, she becomes totally furious that she has been hit at this point. Yeah. So she actually yells at him at this point and says, quote, you are a big man to hit a woman, unquote. Now, this crossed the line for Ben. Like, at this point, he has been kind of staying out of all of this. Not, I mean, it's happening very fast. There's video footage of all of this. It's happening very quickly. But he hasn't been, like, actively engaging with the guys yet. But he sees this guy punch his girlfriend, and obviously, that's just too much for him. Yeah, of course. So, even though he didn't want a conflict, he needed to give some sort of defense of his girlfriend. So, he steps toward the men and said, quote, I am not a fighter. But I have just seen someone hit my girlfriend and I'm not standing back and letting you hit my girlfriend, unquote. As this was happening, someone threw Alana's pirate hat into the street. Now, witnesses say that it wasn't any of the men. It was just somebody. 
through the hat. It's unclear who it was. She ran after the hat, but Dixon, one of the assailants, kicked the hat away. After he kicked the hat, another assailant, the one named Ransom, kicked and stomped on it, then picked it up and spit on it. After he spit on the hat, he threw it back at Alana, and they were laughing at this the whole time. Yeah, that's really rude. Yeah. Now, before the couple could retreat, because again, they're not trying to fight over the hat. Like, this is all kind of spinning out of control really fast. Yeah. And again, if you watch the video, it's like less than a minute long, and all these things are happening in it. So, as they're trying to just figure out how to get out of the situation, all of a sudden, Colander sucker punches Ben in the face from behind him. Oh. Yeah, so he's, like, not even facing this guy. This guy comes up behind him and just sucker punches the left side of his face. Jesus. So he falls over, and he's sort of stumbling and trying to, like, right his feet. But in that moment, Dixon immediately follows with a second punch to the other side of his head and just completely knocks him on the ground. Dude. Yeah. So he's laying there on the ground, defenseless. And he's not really moving, although all of this happens so fast, it's hard to tell if he... Could have been moving or not, just with the speed of the action. Yeah. Because pretty much as soon as he falls down and is just laying there, Ransom steps up and kicks him in the head. Oh, uh uh-uh. No. And the witnesses describe this as a quote-unquote penalty kick, like you would see in soccer. Yeah, yeah. Like, really going for it. Yeah. And again, there were a lot of people on the street, so several people witnessed this, and that's how they described it. In a final move, one of the men gave the signal for a knockout, like in a boxing fight. And then, after they made that signal, they ran off into the night. And there's video footage of them running, and they're, like, smiling and laughing, like, as they're running away. Jesus, that is fucked up. Yeah. Now, Alana says that she didn't remember the actual attack. She just remembers hearing her friend scream, and then seeing Ben laying there on the ground, just gravely injured. Yeah. First responders were called and they did arrive and they rushed Ben Gardner to the hospital and doctors did try to save him. However, this turned out to be impossible because he had such catastrophic brain damage. Yeah. He passed away on November 1st, which was that same day, just a few hours later. Yeah. Now, Sky News Online had a very distressing account of this given by Ben's father, David Gardner. And I wanted to read that to you. Yeah. He said, quote, I saw my son Ben lying unconscious and lifeless on a life support machine, tubed and ventilated. He died holding my hand with his eyes slightly open. I only hope he saw me. I kissed him twice on the forehead and I blessed him and I said goodbye. Ben was a beautiful boy. I suppose every father says that, but he was adorable with his blonde hair and blue eyes and gorgeous smile, unquote. That's really heartbreaking. I know, it's so sad. Yeah, that's really sad. It's really sad. So, that is how he passes. Now, police immediately started investigating this crime as a murder. And during their investigation, they were able to recover CCTV footage of the entire crime. Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, in the UK, they have cameras all over the friggin' place. And if you commit a crime on the streets, they probably have that crime on video. And in this case, they have literally the entirety of this crime. And it's like a pretty good shot. Like, you can see their faces. Yeah, well, that's good then. Mm-hmm. And you can find this online if you want to watch it on... I might have found it on Oopsie. 
I, w- I thought I was going to be reading an article and it was a video of this. Wow. Yeah. It's not as graphic as you would think. I was trying to avoid it, but it's still, like, not, like, fun to watch it. Yeah, of course. But it is, it's not like they're right there. You can't really see, like, as much. Not that I would want to. We've been clear on this podcast that I don't like looking at that stuff. Yeah. But you can find it. It's really easily available. And there's, like, a billion screenshots in a lot of the articles. Yeah. In the video footage, though, they the police were able to see that Ransom and Colander in particular look really happy over the crime that they've committed because they're smiling so much. And this really incited a lot of people to have a lot of anger yeah. about this crime because oh. they're already mad about it because it's so ridiculous and they're fighting over a pirate hat and the people that they're harming did nothing to them. Yeah. Not that that would justify it, but just the fact that we have two innocent people who are out having Halloween and then this happens. Yeah, but I'm then mad to about see how gleeful they are about it, it's this added layer of bullshit. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, police found and arrested Ransom and Colander pretty much right away. Um, that same night, they were able to bring them in. However, they couldn't locate Dixon, the youngest of the suspects. They searched for months before finally arresting him in January of 2010, which was a few months later. Wow, it took him that long? Yeah, like over two months. Well, they, could, they couldn't find him. They still don't know who was hiding him because, according to the BBC, police originally accused 41-year-old Sarah Davey of hiding him all those months. I couldn't figure out how she was related to him because she's not listed as his parent. But she had denied the allegation, and later the court did clear her of harboring him. Yeah. So it's not clear where he was exactly, but he managed to hide out for a couple of months before they got him. Now, which is also, keep that in your mind, too, for later. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Witchcraft. The occult. Extremist beliefs. Murder. Tune in to Rogue Darkness each Friday and join host Raven as I uncover horrific crimes committed under the misconceptions and misunderstandings of witchcraft and other belief systems. I'll cover a wide range of crimes involving ritualistic killings and extremist beliefs to cult persuasion and supposed possession. Anything and everything that borders the line of horrifying. There's always three sides to a story. Side A, side B, and then the truth. Let's uncover the truth together and explore the darkness of mankind, one crime at a time. Available wherever you get your podcast fix, simply by searching Rogue Darkness. When police arrested their suspects, they soon discovered that these young men weren't strangers to law enforcement. Before killing Ben Gardner, Dixon, the youngest of the perpetrators that we just talked about, had actually received 13 prior convictions. Holy shit. Mostly for violence and for possessing a knife. For these convictions, he had received several community orders. Now, 
In the UK, a community order is a punishment that you complete in your community, similar to how we have community service here in the US. Right. Uh, I had to look that up because I didn't know what a community order was at first. Yeah, yeah. Typically, community orders go to people who've committed minor crimes, and the goal is to keep these people out of the prison system while also addressing the fact that they committed a crime. Yeah. So he just wasn't doing his. Yeah. I mean, it, like, the concept of the community order makes a lot of sense. But mm-hmm. in in this case, you've got, like, a guy who's re- repeatedly doing violent crimes. I mean, yeah, it's not working, you know? No. Well, he's also not doing them. Not not, for, not in his case, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think mm-hmm. you maybe need to, like, escalate the, the punishment yeah. a little bit. I mean, also, maybe if they don't do them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the point. That's what keeps tripping me up. But he yeah. also comes up more. Like, yeah. he's he has way more things than everybody else. Yeah. Straight to jail. Um, you would think. Okay, so we have that happening. But it wasn't just Dixon that had a long rap sheet. Collender also had other convictions. Ten, in fact, for other offenses. And his included violence, dishonesty, and possessing ammunition. Now, I don't understand the dishonesty one. Like, I don't know what that means. Is that a crime? (laughs) Apparently, that was literally how it was listed. So I don't know if that means, like, sort of, like, perjury or if that's just, like, something he did a lot. But that was listed as one of his offenses. And like Dixon, he'd received and ignored multiple community orders. So both of these dudes are supposed to be doing these sentences and and not not doing doing it. And yet, is anything happening? Apparently not. Yeah, you would think if you're not even doing the stuff that there would be some kind of consequence, right? Yeah, right. Like, after you got the first one and you didn't do it, wouldn't they say, wait... You didn't do the first one. We should do something different this time. Exactly. Yeah, like the... Exactly. I have questions. But I don't think we're going to get answers. (laughs) I'm just going to say. I don't think we're going to. Probably I'm guessing there's some sort of, like, rule. And maybe it's the ages that they got these. Because they're all adults when this is happening. uh, Dixon, I think, is 18 at the time. But the other two, I believe, were 20. So, like, they're all adults when this happened. But, like, they... Obviously, I've been committing crimes for a while. So maybe it's because they were teens. We don't know for sure. But we do know they were not doing what they were supposed to be doing. Yep. Now, even though they brought these guys in based on the video and all the witness testimony, they were still not going to admit that they killed Ben Gardner. They actually all denied the charge of murder. I think they were trying to argue that it was an oopsie, like a manslaughter. I know that Dixon's family is convinced that this was manslaughter. Because they think that they were like, oh, we were just punching and kicking a guy, and then he died. We didn't intend to kill him. No, no, that that's definitely murder. Like, you kick somebody yeah. in the head, that's... Yeah, also, that. don't no. attack people. That too, but like... Don't attack people. Yeah. Like, if you're kicking somebody that's prone, like... Yeah, it, yeah and we're going to talk no, about that no. a little bit in a minute with, like, the culpability of all that. Yeah. Okay. So, in October 2010, one year after the murder... Collender, Ransom, and Dixon faced trial. At the men's trial, the jury watched the CCTV of their brutal assault on Ben Gardner. And also, even though the medical examiner couldn't say which of the blows killed Gardner, the law is clear that it doesn't matter which blows killed Gardner, that all three are responsible. And the reason why is because the law of what they call the law of joint enterprise. And the law of joint enterprise says that if someone dies while you're committing a crime, everyone involved is guilty. Is the same as our laws over here. It's like capital murder. Like capital laws. Yeah. yeah if you're, if anyone's doing it, you're all doing it, and that's yeah. just how it works. Yep. Now it's not always fairly applied, especially with like sentence lengths and stuff. But it is true that you are that you are guilty. I mean, if you are participating in an attack where people are being beaten, 
and someone kicks the guy in the head and he dies, guess what, peeps? Yeah. You're all in this. And yep. also, there's no guarantee that the kick would have killed him had the first two not punched him. That's a good point. So, guess what? Guess who's guilty? You are. And following this trial, the jury found all three men guilty of murder in an 11 to 1 majority vote. Apparently, you don't have to have all 12. And also, one person apparently was sleeping. You don't know. Yeah, I'm like, what's wrong with this one dude? <laughs> I don't know. This one person. This one person, I feel like, has been in a fight or some shit. And they're like, I didn't mean to hurt Bob. I'm not pushing him in the head. They're innocent. Jesus. It was an oopsie. Yeah. It's not an oopsie. It's really not. No, it's not. It's mm-hmm. not. The jury and I were just like, we're seeing, like, yeah. Yeah. This is terrible. Anyway, after the convictions, the judge handed down life sentences for all the perpetrators. However, this case occurred in England, so life does not necessarily mean life for their entire lives. And so they had to wait a little while to find out what their minimum sentence was because it's life with a minimum. Yeah. Daniel Ransom and Ross Collander, who were both 20 years old, received life with a minimum of 16 years in prison, while Jordan Dixon received life with a minimum of 14 years in prison. He was the one who was 18. Yeah. As he handed down the sentence, Judge Richard Hone gave a colorful explanation of how he felt about the convicted murderers, and I had to include this. Absolutely. According to the BBC, he said, quote, The three of you jointly attacked and cowardly murdered a decent gold standard young man of exceptional character, charm, gentleness, and ability who gave absolutely no provocation. His attributes shine and sparkle in contrast to your base metal, unquote. Wow. It's like Shakespeare or something is like <laughs> handing down your insult here. It's poetry. He's just like, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say it's poetry, but it's like, it feels so English where he's like, he's a gold standard young man and he sparkles and you're a base metal. I feel like I need to start calling people base metals now. That's the new bless your heart is you're a base metal. Just so, it just feels so mean. You're like, I wasn't even realizing that you could insult people by calling them just a plain ass metal, but apparently so. I was like, damn. Judge Hone also said that the killers had no remorse, which I think everyone kind of agreed on. Yeah. Especially not with the laughing and whatnot. Yep. Now, Ben's father, David Gardner, talked about his family's loss in an emotional statement to the court. During that statement, he said, quote, I cannot forgive these people for what they have done. They have destroyed me and my family for the rest of our lives, unquote. Alana also talked about how much she misses Ben. According to the Mirror, she said, quote, Ben was the most wonderful, caring, and considerate man I've ever met in my life. It breaks my heart. I will never see his beautiful smile again, unquote. Which is so hard for her. And also, too, the judge pointed out that not only did they take Ben and do this horrible crime and, like, deprive his family of their son and whatnot, Alana has to live with experiencing all that. Yeah. And especially with, like, the whole hat part of it. Obviously, it's not her fault at all for wanting her hat back. No. I mean, I think that's a totally normal reaction. And most people would have been like, hey, man, can I have my hat back? Yeah. And if they weren't going to give it to you, you just leave. But, like, that's a normal thing to do. It would be like, hey, can I have my hat? And then, like, they freak out and kill her boyfriend. Like, that would just be something so hard to cope with. Yeah, for sure. And, again, it's not her fault at all. But, like, I feel like if I were her, I would be feeling bad about that, even though 
I don't think really she really could have done anything. No, it doesn't. They sound were like they it. were just on the hunt for something. They you were know. they were trying to provoke someone, and there's no telling if they would have let them pass by anyway. That's a good point. Like, I mean, literally, Colander hit Ben from behind, and he wasn't even like talking, really yelling or anything at them. He yeah. just walked up behind him. So that was they were always going to do something like this. Yeah, agreed. Despite the fact that most people were happy about the verdict, especially, obviously, Ben's family, some people were less excited about the verdict. And these people included Jordan Dixon's family. His parents, Cliston and Margaret Dixon, yes, his name is Cliston, complained that their son ended up in jail for murder because social services failed him. What? Yeah. They said that his criminal nature occurred because he has attention deficit disorder oppositional defiant disorder, and contact disorder, and he also has a very low IQ. And because of all these disorders, the social services people were supposed to help him. And according to the Evening Standard, he added, quote, As parents, we have done everything we could. If social services had done their thing, maybe he wouldn't be in this situation. We are totally devastated for them, meeting Mr. Gardner's parents. I am a father and would feel the same. My son should have been punished, but it should have been manslaughter. He punched one man once and now he is serving life, unquote. Now, I would like to draw everyone's attention <laughs> to the last two lines of that statement. Yep. Because obviously we have talked about how mental health is important. And yes, clearly he probably has some diagnosable situations happening that are affecting his judgment and his ability to interact with the world. That is something we should keep in mind. However, we did everything we could, and yet we think our kid should get no punishments for stuff, or easy punishments. Mm -hmm. That's why he sucks, y'all. He murdered because y'all didn't hold him accountable for shit. He literally says, he punches one man one time, and now he's in jail for life. First of all, we know from his rap sheet, it wasn't one man one time. That's right. Most of his other convictions were for violence. I'm sorry, what was the violence? Just him yelling at people? Or was it him being violent? Because I know what the word violence means, Aaron. (laughs) And that means hitting people and stuff. That's that's right. I'm just like, I can't with this. Like, what? I'm also really sick of the whole line of like, he made one little mistake and now his life is ruined. Yeah, that's how mistakes work sometimes. Like, you know what? Ben Gardner walked home from Halloween and his life got taken. Yeah. By your son. Boom. Exactly. Yeah. So, what do we resurrect him? Is that the solution? Like, I don't. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, I'm no, not trying to make yeah. light of it. Obviously, just the absurdity of the fact that your son participated in a murder. Believe what you want about it, but he participated in murdering a man. Yeah. Maybe it was whatever the English equivalent of second degree murder is, where they just decided in that moment to assault him to the point of murder. Okay, but it's not like, oh, I just punched a guy. Well, he died. I'm being railroaded. No, you murdered someone. Don't punch people in the head. Yeah, That's not a hard thing. No. It's not a hard thing. No, it is not. And I'm not saying social services couldn't have done more. We're going to talk about that in a second uh, because social services responded to this. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like you having consequences and explaining to your son what expectations are is also part of that. He's 18 years old. I'm not trying to say he doesn't have developmental issues that might make it harder for him to orientate himself toward the world. But in this case, attacking people and murdering them in the street is not like a concession that the rest of us are cool with. 
No, of course not. Yeah. So in this case, like, should he get help with like job stuff and housing and whatnot? Heck yes. Should he get permission to murder? No. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope they help him with, with with some of his mental illness and other oh, disorders thrillsies. and stuff. You know, maybe they can yeah. re- rehabilitate him and he can have a yeah. nice productive life after he pays his debt it's, for murdering. Also, this dude. his minimum sentence was was. 14 years. So if he had served that, he would have gotten out like 32. Yeah. That's early. Ben was only 30 when he was murdered. So you, I think you'll be fine starting over at 30. Yeah. Anyway, a Sutton council member who is responsible for youth services responds to this. His name is Dave Callahan. And he says that social services offered Dixon everything (laughs) from special education services. They offered him housing and mentoring but he didn't want to do it. And they were like, you have to have, you have to do it. It's individual responsibility to actually take the services. We can only offer them. And if he doesn't want to take them, that's where the relationship ends. And so, I mean, yeah, awesome. I mean, I would applaud him. I don't think that would sound good on the podcast. Probably not. (laughs) Anyway, yeah. So I believe him. He seems legit. Yeah. Now watch it come out that he's evil. <laughs> he seems legit, everyone. But our case is not over because as I alluded to earlier, in July 2012, Dixon did win an appeal in his case. In this appeal, his barrister, which means attorney in, in UK, uh, argued that he had a low IQ of just 68 and also had ADHD in this version, which made it hard for him to give evidence in his case and prevented him from testifying. Now, obviously, it's concerning if he has a low IQ. But, again, he's not, like, being put to death or anything. I don't think this is unreasonable for him to be punished for a crime with a 14-year minimum sentence. This isn't, like, a travesty. Yeah, exactly. And also, the lawyer is like, oh, well, the judge held it against him that he didn't testify. But he didn't testify because of his intellectual differences. But... Fun fact, the other two guys did offer testimony and got longer sentences. So I'm not sure how the judge held it against him when he had a shorter sentence. Yep. But okay. Yep. Now, the justices who heard this appeal granted him a full appeal, which means that he got a hearing before the court to argue his side. So he won that first appeal. In April 2013, the full appeal court hearing was held and the court reached a decision on it. He did get his minimum sentence cut from 14 years to 13 years, but the rest of his appeal was denied. Well, that's something. (laughs) Yeah. So now he has a minimum sentence of 13 years, and I really don't know what his family wants. Just like 13 years, if that's all he serves, is really short. Yeah, for murdering someone? I mean, I know he could be in there for life, but I mean, that doesn't seem to happen a lot over there. Yeah. So I don't know. But regardless, hopefully he gets some kind of help and is less of a bad person when he gets out. Agreed. And maybe he'll become better. I hope so. Anyway, so that is where that case ends. But I'm not done because I have some weird things. Ben Gardner was not the only person killed in London that weekend. Really? Yes. So one detail that I thought was crazy and interesting while researching was that there were actually six people killed on Halloween weekend 2009 in just the city of London. Dude. And I feel like that sounds like a lot. That's a lot. Absolutely. Because I feel like if six people died in Houston on Halloween, I would freak out. But then I started also thinking that might actually happen. Because there was that one night recently, back during COVID times, which is we're still kind of in, when like a lot of shootings all happened in one day, like eight of them across the city. So maybe that's like not a lot. Yeah. But it seems like a lot. 
Ben Gardner's murder really scared me because it's another situation that could happen to literally anyone. I feel like for the most part, all of our cases this month have mostly been things that can happen to anybody just having a fun on Halloween. And it just really stuck with me because they just went out for this birthday party, having a holiday celebration, minding their own business. It's a busy street. It's normal for people to be out and about walking. This is a very walkable community. So it's not like, it's not abnormal. That's what everyone's doing. Yeah. And the trio just targets Alana and then the attack happens so fast. Again, you can find the CCTV footage and like the actual attack itself is so short. It's like bang, 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 like all three hits and then they're running. Wow. Yeah. So it's not like this went on for a long time. It just, it's so scary that you can just be walking home from a Halloween celebration and have someone attack you on the street like this. And I do want to apologize for making everyone paranoid this Halloween because I know I've told you so many stories now of like, if you're, especially if you're a Patreon, we got trick or treat murders and like party murders and walking home from Halloween murders. And at this point... It, it really feels scary out there. Yeah. So I apologize for that. I am hoping this doesn't become a thing for me where, like, I'm just paranoid <laughs> on Halloween. Uh, and just, like, oh, my God, we can't go anywhere. Like, it's the purge or something. Like, we right. gotta lock it down. Lock it down. There's a tiny part of me that is worried that that's going to be part of my personality because I have so much anxiety. And now I'm worried it's going to be, like, Halloween-related. And I love Halloween, so I can't let this happen. That's right. All right, everyone. Hopefully, we are all going to be safe. I'm fine. You're fine. We're going to be safe for Halloween. If you want to hear more bad acts, especially our other two Halloween episodes that are out right now, uh, visit our Patreon. There is a link in the show notes. It's patreon.com backslash pod. Membership start at just $1. There's a lot of months to listen to at this point. You can also recommend us to a friend or leave us a review. We have social media for you to connect with us. We are most active on Instagram. We also have a lovely Gmail account that you can email your thoughts and opinions and feedback and suggestions and uh, notes about stuff or complaints if you have them. It's badaxpod at gmail.com. And Aaron will tell you about our beautiful website. Yes, it's a great website. You should definitely go and check it out. It's got a spooky tree that's very appropriate for the season. Mm -hmm. It's badaxpod.com. We hope you'll go and check it out. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon with more interesting stories. Bye-bye. Bye.